Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life, and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We will hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with our friend, Beth Metzger. She is a wonderful, wise Jesus follower, and we're gonna talk about being a young mom, checking off your to-do list, and what it means to live into what God has for you in seasons of wondering what's next. It's insightful, it's inspiring, we had a great time. So slap on some sunscreen because it's going to be a warm one today. Do whatever you need to do and enjoy today's episode. All right. Well, Beth, welcome officially to the podcast. Hello. Thank you. Yeah, it feels like, well, Jen and I have had this conversation. We had a really long car ride with Beth and somebody else and we had said at the end, wow, we feel like we just recorded a podcast driving home <laughs> from the beach. So now you actually get to fully record and see the whole studio. And yes. Yeah. You're one of the first guests to experience the new setup. I love it. So yeah. I love it. <laughs> are pretending we're professional. So it's really good. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, you've listened before, so you know that we like to go through some fun facts at the beginning. So now you get to be the star of that. Yes. Okay. So anytime someone asks me, for a fun fact, I automatically go to, I know how to play the clarinet, but here's the deal. I played clarinet for like one semester of high school in grade nine. So this is like <laughs> 20 plus years ago. We need a new fun fact. That I, <laughs> I don't know why it's my go-to. Like everyone's like, wow, but I probably, I don't think it's like riding a bike. I don't think I could pick it up and play it. So mm. it's almost a lie. It's almost a lie. Well, it's you not know fully, but just almost. When I was in grade nine band, I played the baritone <laughs> with two other friends because I thought it'd be hilarious. Okay. I think I could do it. It's a fun think, fact. Yeah. It's fun to tell people. Yeah, played a mini tuba, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But yeah, I would, I would be interested to see if you could still play it. We could start a band. Guys, yes. <laughs> I'm feeling FOMO, so I feel like I just need to put out that, like, I played the flute for two weeks. Okay. Oh. We Done. This is it. I finally Work friends band coming yes. at you. <gasps> oh we'll go goodness. on a tour. We'll release our tour dates. <laughs> we can just do a little recording session. Next time we'll bring all the instruments. <laughs> I love this. I, I'm there. How could this go wrong? <laughs> uh, nothing could be wrong. <laughs> None of us have played in at least six plus or more years. And um, I'm hitting like 20 years. I think easily. I was in grade 10. So I would have been like, it would have been like eight. To eight or nine years ago so that's still quite a while and was, you said in grade eight so yeah over grade 10. nine or yeah so, that was yeah. 10 years ago wow. so yeah. yeah okay but that's okay we'll get to bless our audience we can try to like re-replicate our intro music mm, yes <laughs> <laughs> what could be better <laughs> we'll put uh, it at don't the think end anything. the end credits can yeah. be that so <laughs> stay tuned folks <laughs> yes coming at you so Real fun facts about me that are a little bit more truthful and a little bit more um, relevant to my life now. Um, I'm a mom of two boys. Uh, we have two dogs. 
Um, my husband and I have lived in Listowel for 12 years now. Um, yeah, I, um, work as a supply EA, so I get to visit the local schools and hang out there. Um, I am a youth leader for our church and I love, love, love it. Um, yeah, I get to work with Ainsley at our church with our youth and they are a pretty awesome group of kiddos. I shouldn't call them kids. They're not kids. They're like high school, young adults. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I call students kids, and then I'm like, they're only six years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what I do with my time. My husband and I have a shop that we run. Um, well, my husband runs it. I do, like, the books and stuff, so I keep things organized. Mm. Mm-hmm. You need one of those. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And okay, here's a good fun fact. I grew up across the street from the man that I married. What? Really? Yes. Whoa. So I moved to Palmerston in 2000 and um, from Waterloo. So small town. I was oh. not feeling it, but there we were. <laughs> and the boy across the street had like a horse and a dirt bike and. It was just like so much obnoxious busyness going on, and I couldn't stand them. <laughs> um, but yeah, fast forward eight years, and we got married. So wow, mm-hmm. that is a fun fact. Yeah, it's kind of a cool story. Mm-hmm. He uh, he would drive his truck across the street and pull into my driveway, like out of his driveway and into mine to pick me up for dates. Sometimes <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, yeah. Mm. So that's that's a fun one. Yeah, that is. Okay, can I ask you some fun questions? Oh, let's let's go. Let's try it. All right, <laughs> if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? Man, okay, you asked somebody this, I don't know how many weeks ago, and I was like, hey, I should probably think about this <laughs> just in case they surprise me. And here we are. Yeah. Um, three people. Can Jesus be one of them? Totally, if you want. Okay, because I watched The Chosen, and it like really brought everything to life. For me, and I was like, man, I want to be at his table Hmm. just in life. But, I mean, in this game, I still would want to sit with him. Yes. Really pick his brain. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It'd be a long dinner. Yes. Never ending. A seven-day celebration. (laughs) At least. (laughs) Um, Who else? You know what? This one's going to sound really cheesy, um, but... I would just love to sit down and have dinner with my granny. She's still living, guys. She's in her <laughs> 90s. It's just with COVID, I have not had that chance in a really long right. time. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, she's 60 years and two days older than me. And, uh, yeah, I love that she's still with us, and I love that she gets to see my family grow. And it's just been a long time since I've been able to uh, sit down and have dinner with her. So maybe that's cheesy. Hey, she's okay. Jeezy maybe, doesn't mean bad. Maybe I bumped out someone that <laughs> could have been on my more. top three. You get one more, so. <sighs> hmm. I, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe someone like Jen Hatmaker would be really fun. Yeah. Just to, like, just to pick a brain and how she's living her life because she lives it so loud and happy and joyful Mm. and honestly and she's a lot of fun 
on social media, so I bet it would be fun to sit at a table with her. Yeah, true. I could be friends with Jen Hatmaker. Mm, that's, <laughs> cool. that's a good choice. What is your ideal day? Ooh. Okay, I think my ideal day would be um, a day in Florida. We try to go to Florida every year. We we did get there this year, and we had to skip last year because of COVID. Um, waking up late sitting on the balcony with coffee with my husband, um, just taking taking it slow for the morning, taking soaking in the sun. It have to be like hotter than 20, colder than 30 degrees because mm-hmm. that's like the ideal test. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Blue sky, a little bit of a breeze. Um, and then I think I would get a book and my husband, husband could go do whatever he wanted because I do enjoy – time by myself (laughs) (laughs) um yeah maybe maybe a car drive um road trips it doesn't matter where with lots of music good people in the car dinner with my family and then spending the end of the day on the balcony again on the porch Mm. enjoying the warm outside air I think that would be it that sounds like heaven compared to the snowy day we're having today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, I was like really soaking in that almost all the snow is gone. And I was mm-hmm. like, thank you, God, for this gorgeous spring day. I don't want it to pass me by. And then I woke up to my neighbor's shoveling. So yeah. what a bummer. It's coming. Somebody yesterday yeah, was saying, yesterday. it's so nice out. And I said, March is like the toxic significant other that just strings you oh, along. Gaslighter. Because, yeah. It's you're the gaslight like, it's month. Like, it's warm. <laughs> it's spring. <laughs> and then March is like, just kidding. No, it's, it's still not. winter. But is you're it crazy. It is spring. You think it's spring, but it's not spring. I've never... <laughs> It fits, right? Right? I've been thinking about it all week. (laughs) Yeah. I like it. Can you tell I'm a summer lover? Oh, so am I, Ainsley. Turn up the heat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I'm super excited. This season of Work Friends is all about reflecting and remembering and kind of seasons in general mm. and on our car ride back from the beach in the summer during the week of serve I have to remind myself that I don't actually know you for that long <laughs> because I think that week for reference serve was like four days we got a bunch of youth groups in our community together and we just served in different areas locally mm-hmm. and normally um I believe they go to the states or something like that yeah, like they travel or from, Canada it doesn't matter but they go they go else. away but yeah. this time it was yeah. local mm-hmm. and so that's when I first met you Beth and we got chatting I'm like Beth is really cool <laughs> and then we're driving in the car with Isaac and Ainsley and I and I'm like I feel like I know Beth and then Ainsley's like I think we should have Beth on work friends I'm like yeah, she's basically my new best friend. I love that. And I'm like, oh, wait, you just like spent that one week with her. Can I interrupt that, though? Yeah. I Okay, so remember at Surf, somebody thought you two were the same person? <gasps> yes. Oh, yeah. That happened. That's but I'm lie. also, I told Beth this on Wednesday. I was like, I think actually you two, the more I get to know Beth, I'm like, you two are very similar. Mm. Like she said to me, she said, I'm an introvert. And people are often surprised by that because <gasps> I love people. Me too. And I said, Jen says that all the time. And I was like, 
Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe oh we just goodness. feel like I know you well because we're basically the same person. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Basically. Anyways, so excited and such an honor to have you here today. Yeah, thank and you. I think the thing that stood out to me from that car ride was like you talking, we were talking about seasons of life and singleness and marriage and all that stuff. But for you, you wrestled with this in a different way. And so we'll dive into that of kind of asking the question like, now what? Mm-hmm. But before we do, tell us what was growing up like for you? Okay, so um, I mentioned a few things. I did. I grew up in Waterloo, um, mom and dad, and my younger sister. Um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. She had a home daycare, um, so she was just always around, which was wonderful. And um, we went to church on Sunday, um, pretty much. Every Sunday, mom would take my sister and I to church, and my granny and pa would go, and my aunt and uncle would be there. Um, yeah, that was that was kind of our rhythm growing up um, until I turned 12, and then we left Waterloo and we moved to Palmerston. Um, my dad grew up in Fordwich. My mom had spent time in Harriston, so it was just kind of going back to their roots, um, a smaller town for their girls to grow up in. Um, yeah, so then I started this whole new, um, life of small town living and it was very different. (laughs) Um, it threw me off for quite a long time. Um, actually my husband, Matt threw me off the most with his dirt bikes and horses and stuff. And then (laughs) he was the paper boy and he would come up to our house and like instead of just like tossing the paper he would come into her house and like sit down in the kitchen and like hand deliver it (laughs) no way which was just like what are you doing you're not even supposed to like step on other people's properties without permission like why are you in my house it was just a whole new world Mm -hmm. um yeah so adjusted um adjusted to small town living and then went to college um in london i went to fanshawe for social service work And, um, yeah, after, well, once I hit high school, I just kind of like fast tracked through everything. I, as soon as I was done high school, um, I made sure that I was going to college right after. So I didn't take, I didn't take a fifth year. I didn't take time off. I went to college. Um, it was a two year program. I graduated in May and I got married that same July. So again, like. No, no time in between. Like I was, I was hitting all the marks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So got married, um, in July of 2008. And then my first son was born in June of 2009. So less than a year later, I was a mom. Um, I worked outside the home for a little while, uh, when he was one. And then I got pregnant with my second son and once I had him, we were we were done. We were happy. We had our our dog and our house and our two boys. And then we were done having kids. I started a home daycare, and then we just kind of fell into this new rhythm of life. And um, yeah, then I kind of froze. Mm. <laughs> I kind of froze because um, I had grown up. Um, just with this plan in mind of like, I want to go to school and then I want to be a wife and then I want to be a mom. And there I was at like 23, um, 
going like, now what? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had checked off all the boxes on my to-do list. My life to-do list was uh, done <laughs> at mm-hmm. 23. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that was that was an interesting time in my life to kind of figure out what's next. Mm-hmm. Talk to us more about that. You said the word froze. You get there. So you kind of had this dream of what you thought was like, I don't know, the thing you wanted or the thing that was like the right thing to do and kind of had all the steps. And, you know, then you get to that and you're like, uh, what now? Um, so can you just talk a little bit more about that? Like, how do you wrestle with it? And, you know, you kind of did all the things you wanted to accomplish and like, where does that leave you? Yeah. So, I mean, my ideal was to, to do everything in order. I I wanted to do things like buy the book. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I always like to have something to accomplish and I kind of went with, I guess it's just like the societal expectations of what you do with your life. Um, But I just like fast tracked it. I didn't take time to travel or to, you know, try out different jobs or anything. Like I was going to hit those marks. And that was, that was my vision was, was I want to go to school, post-secondary, get married, have kids. And I just, I just did that. I did all of those things. Um, So while my other friends were exploring different programs in university or taking time off um, to work or traveling, like one of my friends went to Australia and then she went to Europe and and she was all over the place for quite a while. Um, And I was at home just like checking off my to-do list. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I guess... When I say I froze, like I just kind of panicked because what what do you do when your to-do list is all checked off? Um, and I hadn't really thought much farther ahead than that because, you know, that's a lot to accomplish for a young adult. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I somehow crammed it all in. By the time I was 23, I had both boys. We were living in a house. We had bought a house in Lisswell. Um, my husband had a great job. We had a pet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm kind of in a place then where I'm going like, okay, who am I? And like, what do I want? And um, what do I do? Because all of those things had, had been accomplished. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was really in a point where I was wondering like, what's my purpose now? Because mm-hmm. before my purpose was that to-do list. And now that it's gone, <laughs> mm-hmm. where does that leave me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. What did you like feel in that moment? Like, was that like a scary time for you or like a really disappointing time for you? Or were you just sort of like not knowing what to do? Like you just were like, yeah, I'm, you kind of hit it there. It's it, all <laughs> those things yeah. really um, kind of scary in a sense that like um, I had in my mind what expectations were for me. Um, And sometimes I put that on other people. Sometimes I thought this is what my husband expects or this is what my parents expect. Um, This is what society expects of me. And um, that was kind of my goal was to, to meet those expectations, but really they were expectations that I had decided in my head. So um, there, there can be a, a, sense of 
disappointment and failure and just um, just like loss there because when I'm the one creating this idealistic life or these expectations that no one else has put on me, but I'm thinking this is what they want, this is what they expect of me, um, it can be really overwhelming and scary to to not know what expect, uh, expectation to meet next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was kind of like my own worst enemy (laughs) in a sense, just in that I had set up these standards um, and then I didn't know what to do next or where to go next. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's actually, that would be probably the turning point for me, um, turning towards God for direction. Um, I grew up in church, like I said, and my husband did as well. Um, but I would say that it was kind of what we were supposed to do. And as I've said, like, that's, that was my jam doing what I was supposed to do. Right. Um, yeah. And I grew up in a church that kind of said, um, yeah, when you get older, you get baptized. That's what you do. Um, so I never really explored what that meant for me or what that looked like. Um, it was just something that, I had been told that you do when you're older. Um, so I was married and pregnant with my first son. And I went, huh, I guess I'm probably old enough to get baptized because I'm old enough to be married and have a baby. So maybe I should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and a big part of that was wanting my son to be raised in a Christian home. Um, at that time, I didn't really know what that looked like. And maybe it was even more about fulfilling what people wanted from me than actually having a relationship with Jesus. Um, but I, I did know that I wanted that um, for my son. So I got baptized when I was like eight or nine months pregnant. <laughs> Good for you. Wow. Um, mm. But it wasn't until after that that I really dug into like what that meant for me and my family. And even then, it it kind of got put on the back burner. I mean, I was checking off my list of having a kid and then having another one and finding work that fit into our life. And um, I went to like a mom's group at our church um, where we just connected. We would usually read through a book together and just connect. Um, and that's that's really when I started um, leaning into um, discovering what faith looked like for me and what a relationship with Jesus looked like for me. Uh, and I still had no direction. I still didn't really know what I was doing because, again, I'm looking for a to-do list to check off. I'm looking for someone to say, here's the bar, meet it. Like, yeah. meet, meet the standard, meet the expectation. And uh, relationships with Jesus don't work that way. Nope. <laughs> they don't. And, like, a life following Jesus is not a standard checklist that everyone can use. Um, so that was that was really um, interesting to lean into and, and figure out that um, I don't have standards to meet that are um, other people's, society's expectations or standards or even my husband's or my parents. Um, I was at a place where I need to discover what God had planned for me. And once I had my second son and I had started my home daycare and I was kind of settled into this um, rhythm and it 
it was kind of a, a plateau, I guess. Like there wasn't any like uphill climb at that point because I had met all my marks. So um, it was really a time for me to sit and pray and um, dig into what my purpose really is and what God had in mind for me. I found that when you were talking about this, like in the summer, our non-recorded podcast back in the day, <laughs> I remember being like, wow, like it, it doesn't stop. Like I think those feelings of like what you're supposed to do, it, it it just hits different for people. Like I think for me and Jen, we kind of resonated with this because I think we're in the sort of the opposite boat of like, mm-hmm. we haven't done a lot of the things that people say you're supposed to do. Um, and you know, I sit at myself turning 25 this year. I'm not married. I don't know a house and housing prices right now are a little scary. It's like a, will this ever happen? They're for me? a little high. Yeah. yeah. And so I think you like sit with all these things and you're like, wow, like it's so hard to be content in that. But then realizing that even the people who do things in the way that you're quote unquote supposed to do, which we're learning, I think through this conversation and life that that's not how it works, but that contentment in comparison or checking it off or figuring it out, it doesn't just apply to people who are not having a house right now or whatever. Like you kind of felt that struggle with contentment too. Like I did it. What, what now? Like, yes. Can you talk to us more about that? Like how was contentment a piece of your journey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really interesting how um, a lot of us do that where we're setting up ourselves to meet these expectations, but then it's like, whose expectations are those? Um, and do they fit my life? Are they for me? Are those expectations even for me? And, and who set them? <laughs> who set up those standards? Um, because yeah, I had all the things that society would say that I should have. And I was still going like, what? Now what? Like, who am I? What is, what is going on? Um, so contentment is a huge part of that where um, I mean, in a sense, I had everything that I thought I should have. So there's just like, okay, I'll just be happy with that. But then, um, I think that's where there was like that God nudge. That's like, no, we don't just like settle for what humans want us to have. Like we don't settle for the life that society has laid out as like the perfect life, the white picket fence, like that's not like the ultimate goal. Mm. And I think that's kind of where I was, um, where I was at, where I was going like, whoa, this isn't like the ultimate goal. Cause I got that. I got what I thought was the ultimate goal. And now I'm here going, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be purpose or something else. Um, because I can't just do this for my life. This, this can't just be it. I'm 23. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is where I kind of slowed down and I started to listen. I kind of turned it to like, okay, okay, I'm paying attention now because I checked off my to-do list. I guess let's look at yours. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, God, what you want to do with my life. And um, I was willing and I was completely unsure, but like what else have I got to do? Mm Yeah, so that's when um, I started seeing God move in my life in so many different ways. Um, 
when I was on my maternity leave with my second son, I had to kind of decide if I was going back to work and if I was, where were my boys going to go? And I was talking to one of the other moms in my mom group from church and she was also finishing up a maternity leave and we were both in this place of what's next. Um, And I'd been praying a lot um, and listening a lot for God and what he had in store for me and my family. Um, And it all kind of fell into place. Uh, This woman said, well, I'm looking for a babysitter. What are you going to do about that? And I said, I don't know. I kind of want to stay home with my kids, but I'd need, I'd need to make some sort of income. And she said, well, why don't you babysit my kids? Mm. (laughs) And that afternoon, it just kind of fell into place for both of us as moms that were trying to look for the next steps. So that's how I started my home daycare. And I mean, my mom had had a home daycare, so it was so natural to me to have other people's kids in the house and, you know, just include them as part of the family and do crafts and go to the library and play out back. And um, it was amazing. It just, it felt like it just fell into my lap. Um, But I know it's God. I know it's God having a plan for me and me finally stopping and listening. and I mean, I, I don't want to say that like I prayed for it and God just gave me what I wanted um, because I know God doesn't work that way. And I used to be afraid to ask for things um, because I was afraid of no. And I mm. was afraid of my feelings being hurt by God because I thought, I'm just building this relationship with God. I don't want to wreck it by being offended or hurt and find ways to turn away. So I was really shy with it because I didn't... I was trying to be so safe with my relationship with Jesus because I didn't want there to be bumps in the road. Um, so that that was probably one of the first times that I just said, like, okay, I'm turning it to you. I don't know what's next. And it, it all kind of unfolded. And I really think that um, praying and asking God for things is not about getting the thing that you ask for as much as it is about um, becoming more in tune with God's will for you, becoming more intentional and more aware of what God is doing in your life and um, opening up to that. Um, yeah, I, that was that was a cool thing to learn um, because my prayer life was not strong before that, um, and that was kind of the first time that I saw how Prayer is about changing me and my heart and my mind and Mm. really being aware of God's presence and really being open to what God wants to do in my life. So good. You got the... (laughs) You got it so good. You did. (laughs) Yeah, I think as you're sharing, Beth, the thing that continues... Or the question continues... The question that keeps coming to my mind is like, what are you finding your security and hope in? Like... Yeah, I like Ainsley said, I really appreciate you sharing this because Ainsley and I have experienced it on the flip side and such a good reminder of like, no, 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 no. you're not going to find your security in accomplishing things mm. or you're not going to find your security in, you know, marrying someone and then you have the security of buying a house or like, you right. know, you're not going to live in your parents' basement for whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? God's the one who provides in all yeah, things. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I'm like really encouraged by that and just reminded of God's goodness and grace in it. Even yes. just him revealing 
like opening our eyes to see him. Mm-hmm. It's just so encouraging to see and to hear how he's done that in your own life. So I would just love to hear how's that been for you then over the last like five, six, seven ish years with this question of like, now what? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm learning a lot um, sitting in that, that feeling of now what? Um, I've, I've changed from feeling hesitant and worried and uncomfortable to, um, more excited about it. Mm. Um, more ready. I would say I feel a lot more ready to kind of accept what comes my way. Um, and again, with that contentment piece, um, Sometimes we're just, our purpose is to be in that season that we're in. It doesn't have to be this like upward motion of going towards another goal, getting up the next step, like up the next rung on the ladder to whatever you think success looks like. Um, sometimes our purpose and our priority is is that season that we're in. And it doesn't have to be big changes all the time. And it doesn't have to be an accomplishment to check off the list. Um, God can work through us and in us right where we're at. Um, that took a lot <laughs> to learn. Um, I'm stubborn and I'm goal oriented and I'm again, like a people pleaser. So I want to be always striving for more and better and improvement. Um, but God doesn't, always expect us to do more. Um, it's okay to sit in the season that you're in. So um, recently I've made a lot of shifts in my life um, to kind of honor that and honor what God is asking of me. Um, my therapist shared that typically people have three main priorities in any given season, whether you notice it or not. Um And so she encouraged me to be reflecting on what my three top priorities are um, and then look at goals in my life um, that will meet and honor those priorities um, so that I can fulfill what my purpose is in any given season. So I've looked at my life. um, In the fall, I started working full-time at one of the schools here, and I was burnt out. I was exhausted. But again, I was doing what I thought I had to do. I was finding my worth and my purpose in bringing home a paycheck and being busy every day. Um, And I was proud of that. That made me feel um, worthwhile and worth loving and important. Um, So when I slowed down and started praying about it again, um, God really showed me, like, this is not what I'm asking you to do. Why are you, why are you running yourself down so much? Because uh, this is not what I'm asking of you. Um, so I left my full time hours at the end of October and went back to supplying so that I could commit more time to my family, um, to the youth group, um, and it was really, really hard. It was hard for a lot of reasons. I love, love, love my job. I love the students I was working with. I love my coworkers. Um, But in the end, that was not what God wanted from me. And I'm stubborn and I'm stuck in my ways. So I had plowed ahead. And um, this past summer, I had committed to full-time hours. So I went and I did it. Um, 
So letting go of having a consistent paycheck was very humbling for me. Um, and it was, it was kind of hard for, for me to um, be content with <laughs> not providing that way for my family. Um, yeah, and not being busy all the time. There's just this idea that we should always be doing something. And it was really hard to lay that down too, um, which sounds funny because like, don't we all want rest and a break? But then um, it was very humbling to, to purposely lay that down. Mm. So, yeah, um, I'm just trying to be very present and very purposeful in each season um, and to focus my priorities where God would want them to be. Um, and like I said, it's a learning, it's a learning process because as I continue to practice this and I'm, I've got a growing family. So, um, my family's needs change regularly, um, as my boys grow and as, um, my husband's business grows, um, yeah, things are always changing. And I mean, I can say for myself as well as everyone else in the world, like COVID kind of threw things off and changed priorities and there was big shifts there too so um taking that into account too um but yeah I think the key is always refocusing on what are um God's intentions for any given season that I'm in and that that brings so much peace and contentment because I know I'm doing what God wants me to be doing Mm -hmm. Mm. I think it's really cool in all of this because Having kids is actually not a bad thing. Getting married, <laughs> actually not a bad thing. And I, and I don't hear you saying that, but I think it's really cool as you've kind of walked us through the last decade and a bit that like it's not like anything that you've had changed. And those are like beautiful gifts, mm-hmm. but how God has changed you and your heart and yeah. all of that. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Mm. I would love to hear what have been some like joys and challenges of being like a young mom. <laughs> And watching your boys grow. Because how old are they right now? So now they're um, 12 and 10. They'll be, wow. this summer, they'll be 13 and 11, which is crazy that mm-hmm. I'll have a teenager. Wild. Wild, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He started he started junior youth. And I was like, how do I have a youth kid? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I would say one of the biggest challenges has just been like not having a clue what I'm doing. Um, Mm. Being so young, um, it's not like I'm going through this with friends. Um, I don't have a lot of people my age or in any of my circles that are at the same um, season of parenthood as me. And that has been always. Um, Matt's family... Um, they all had kids young. So I did have sisters-in-law that were having babies the same time as me. So that was helpful, um, especially when they were really young because, like, I had no idea. I had no idea. I did, like, where you take a plastic baby home in high school for a weekend, and, like, that was it. I mean, <laughs> I've been a babysitter. I My mom had a daycare. Like, I've been around kids. But the whole mom thing, like – I remember being in the hospital when Aiden was born and like ringing, like you call on the wall or whatever for a nurse to come. And I was like, he needs a diaper change. And she's like, yeah, like (laughs) 
you're the mom, that's on you now. And I remember being, like, floored that, like, I was responsible for this tiny little human being. Like, you want me to do that? Like, he's, like, a couple hours old. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, mm. yeah, I mean, I feel that way sometimes now still. Um, and we're going through all of these um, seasons of change with my boys, Um Aiden is 12, so we're doing, like, all the preteen stuff. He is in grade 7, so, you know, like, if you recall, like, grade 7 health and stuff and and all of those fun changes that kids go through around this age. Um, it's been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and, I mean, it's a challenge, but I also – feel like I have pretty strong relationships with my kids. So um, we're all figuring it out together. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's one of the joys to um, being a young mom is like we are all figuring this out together. Um, my husband and I are in our mid-30s and our boys are, well, 10 and 12. Like we're going to be empty nesters at like 40 years old. Like <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the boys will be on their own doing their own thing. They might still live with us, but really they won't rely on us like they like they do. Um, so it's really been cool to, to grow up with them mm-hmm. and to just experience life with them. Because um, like Matt and I didn't even go on a honeymoon because I was pregnant right away. So I was like, I'm not paying money to go somewhere when I'm this sick. Like, no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like all the traveling we do is with our boys and all of the adventures that we go on are with our boys. So we've just got this lifetime of memories as a family of four. Um, we didn't have a ton of life with just Matt and myself before the boys came along. So um, it's been really cool. It's been really cool experiencing life with them. And um, now it's kind of fun because like a lot of my friends do have young children. So I kind of get to enjoy that end of it too, where um, I get to help them along with those things like been there, done that girl, like, let me help you out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I get all my baby fixes because all my friends are having babies now. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the fun things. It's, it's, it's funny because like that's my parents already had all of my siblings by the time they were my age, which is Wild. It's like I know what happened, <laughs> but being my age, I'm like, how do you? And But, yeah, kind of those fun things because it was the same way. Like, now they do things without us. I mean, they're in Florida right now, which is fine. <laughs> uh, they get to have their adventures without us now. But, yeah, they did the same thing. Everything we did, we did together, and it's yeah. kind of that family unit. So it's just – it's different, and mm-hmm. both are good, which is cool. Well, and I'm excited to travel, like, without my kids – and have the money to do it. Right. Like, I'm not going to have to go to the hostels, guys. I can go to, like, really nice places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different experience. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. Mm-hmm. How is God forming you in this season? Mm. Um, well, I've kind of touched on this um, throughout our conversation, but he really is constantly teaching me just to fully lean on him. Um, that when I lay down my expectations and my to-do lists, um, he can take the reins and man, he's got a way better plan for my life than I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, yeah. And, and being okay with my own narrative, um, being joyful and enjoying this life that 
God has created for me, um, embracing what God has created for me instead of trying to meet whichever expectations I put on myself or society puts on me. Um, it's been really, really cool to, to fully um, trust God and what he has planned for me and to lean into that and to find ways to do that. And um, I've been really blessed in that. I know um, that like our family situation, like m- my husband has a great job and I know that like I am blessed that I don't have to provide financially for my family because Matt can. And I recognize that that is, um, that is a privilege. That's not something that everyone can just be like, Hey, God told me to quit my job. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like that's really, that's not, um, what everybody gets to do. Um, so I really try and honor that by, Mm -hmm. by investing time in the youth and investing time in, um, just like our church life, I like singing on Sundays and I like taking the youth girls out for lunch. We meet at the high school, go out for lunch and, and just finding different ways to invest my time um, because I am privileged and blessed and don't have to spend nine to five at a job. Um, I really want to honor that by using my time well. Um And I find the more that I do that, the more that God is blessing me just with incredible experiences. Um, Honestly, just like going out for lunch with a 14-year-old girl and like grabbing some McDonald's and having like a picnic in my car is such a blessing to me. Like it's such an incredible experience to just like create these relationships um, with these young women. And um, yeah, I, I kind of see myself in some of them and I... I'm so excited that I kind of get to be the adult in their life that I wish I had in my life when I was that age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know that I had any specific or significant adult um, that I created a connection with when I was that age, and it probably would have been really valuable. Um, high school was a little rocky, and so I, I love that I can do that for other girls and, and be there and, and create these relationships. Um, yeah. And, um, learning, learning where my worth comes from has been tough, but really great. (laughs) It's been awesome because, um, as I said before, like I, um, I found worth in drawing a paycheck and I found worth in being busy all the time and having a job and just, you know, it kind of made me feel important, um, that I was always busy. Um, so when I let that go, it was, it was a time where I had to really, um, dig into understanding where my worth came from. Um, and that's, that's a really exciting and freeing experience, um, to spend time with God and to spend time with, um, godly people in small group time or, you know, at youth or just, just with other adults that, that kind of know Jesus and, um, are really good at loving on others. Um, yeah, God's given me a lot of, a lot of wonderful people that have helped me to understand my worth and, uh, yeah, just, just becoming who I'm supposed to be and living the life that I'm supposed to live is, is kind of where God's been working on me, and it's been 
fabulous. Mm. <laughs> Definitely hard. I'm not saying that I have like an easy breezy life. Um, there are a lot of battles that I that I go through in life, just like anyone else. But um, to be able to have the Bible and to have a strong prayer life and to have a strong community of believers surrounding me through those things um, is wonderful. It's it's encouraging. It's helpful, and um, it's really important. And I I encourage everyone to find find their people because mm-hmm. even as an introvert, man, we still need people. We need we do need people. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, thanks so much, Beth. That, yeah, I think you nailed it really well. Our last question, which you know is coming. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Okay. I have been thinking a lot about the best piece of advice. And I don't know if I can pick just one thing. Um, recently, um, one of my good friends shared with me that she was working on becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I was just like, oh, that's good. That's good because I spend so much of my life ensuring that I'm comfortable. Like I work so hard on being comfortable. Um, I mean, I think introverts do that a lot (laughs) in general, just because like whenever you're out of your house, you're like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I think we just I automatically work really hard on making sure I'm comfortable. Um but God can do so many cool things when you step outside your your little comfort box. Um when you're willing to feel uncomfortable. Um so that's been something I've kind of been challenging myself with a lot lately is is just embracing embracing feeling uncomfortable. I mean, I'm here, so <laughs> I. This is a great example, um, and I mean, hopefully, hopefully, this or part of this blesses somebody, and and God works through it, and that's kind of the goal um, is to just like reach outside your comfort and connect with people and try new things and. Um, fully trust in Jesus and like fully trusting in Jesus is not comfortable. <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, but God can work so much in your life when you fully lean into him. So that would probably be my most current best piece of advice. Um, but I was also thinking through this season that we kind of have talked about um, in being a young mom and well young everything just getting everything done and then going now what um there was a quote from Andy Stanley and I honestly have not actually heard him say it but it was on a really cute graphic um way back when on Facebook um and it said um maybe something about and I might I don't want to totally ruin this but um maybe your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God is not something that you do, but someone you raise. And that um, just totally shifted my focus to like, I got to do the things to um, 
more about investing in my children at that time. It was all about investing in my kids and ensuring that they know Jesus and that they don't spend the first 20 years of their life just kind of like checking off the to-do lists, but that they might dig into a relationship with Jesus as young as they can or as young as they want to, um, that they might fully embrace that as part of their lives. And then as seasons have changed, I still reflect on that in a sense that um, disciple making is so valuable. And when we're talking about um, a contribution to the kingdom of God as someone you raise, um, I look at the youth girls, and I'm not saying that I raise them, but I am um, devoting time and focus um, on them and making them feel loved and valued so that they might also have a relationship with Jesus and that they might also um, grow in their faith and and become a wonderful contribution to the kingdom of God. So I have loved that um, quote um, for many seasons, and it's it's kind of taken on different meanings as I've grown um, and as my kids have grown and as I've um, been in working in schools and in with youth. Um, but yeah, that has always encouraged me to just love on others and give them the attention and the respect and the love that they deserve and need. Um, and that can create a ripple effect and it can do so many wonderful things for so many lives. So, yeah. It's very beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Especially to see how you say that, like your, your perspective of that has adapted and grown in the midst of raising from just your boys to the greater picture of the people that you can invest in. So, Mm -hmm. and I, I get to attest that you do that very well. (laughs) I mean, I get to watch you just love people and care for people and make disciples and, and all of those things. And just the investment of even just taking it outside of like, I see you for an hour and a half on a Wednesday night and that's it to just like growing into being a part of their lives and joining them in what they're doing and joining God and what he's doing. And yeah, Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you. also a very great example of <laughs> We're trying. We're working on it together. But, uh, yeah, it's great to be a part of that together and watch you. So yeah. thank you for your story. Thank you for the things that you do and your ministry and your heart for people, even if you like to take a break from them sometimes. <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for being here and sharing with us. Well, thank you. I'm honored to be here. And I feel like this is kind of like a testament that you don't have to have like a super important job or a big fancy story. Like you can live a pretty average life and um, still still be a valuable um, asset to God's kingdom. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. So make sure that you subscribe, follow, all those things on whatever podcast platform you happen to use so that you don't miss a Monday episode. We have more amazing stories and dead mentors coming up that you will not want to miss. So until next Monday. Goodbye. (laughs) Toodaloo. And have a happy next Monday.
Happy next Monday, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Toodaloo. Bye.